Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into it. What's the story lads? Welcome back to GA Fan TV. I hope the form is good. Today I spoke with former Dublin senior footballer and former Kilmacud Croke senior footballer Ray Cosgrove. We spoke about an array of topics really from his time playing with the Dublin senior footballers between the years of 1996 and 2008. We got his opinions on the Leinster senior football championships that he won from 2002 and 2005 onwards. We also touched on the 2002 All-Ireland senior football championship season as well. That game against Armagh including his miss in the dying minutes in that game where Armagh progressed on to the final and eventually won the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. We touched on his time with Kilma Cudd-Croaks as well, winning the All-Ireland Club Senior Football Championship in 2009 when they beat Cross McGlenn in the final. We also got his opinions as well on the current Dublin Senior Football team as well and a little bit about where it went wrong in 2021 for the Dublin Senior Footballers following on from that defeat to Mayo. We also touched on the Dublin Senior Football Championship as well, looking at the semi-finals taking place this weekend, the Dublin Senior Football Championship semi-finals. And we touch about a number of different topics as well, from Proposal B, from you know some big games he's played in, best players he's played against, played with, etc. and whatnot. Very fascinating podcast, without doubt. So I do really do appreciate uh, Ray coming on there. And I do hope, for all of you watching, you enjoy this. And without further ado, let's get straight into it. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the GA Fan TV Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by former Dublin and Kilmacud Croke senior footballer Ray Cosgrove. We're going to be looking through Ray's time playing for the Dubs over a number of years and, and his time, of course, with Kilmacud Croaks as well. And we might even touch on Dublin's success over the past 10 years or so and uh, obviously maybe the, the most recent championship season for the Dubs as well. So first of all, Ray, I was chatting to you off camera there anyways. You're, you're keeping well anyways during these, uh, these COVID times. Yeah, it's tough going back in the bedroom, Aaron, here. So it's where I'm spending a lot of my time over the last 18 months. So uh, yeah, the sooner I get back to work, uh, back into the office, uh, I'll certainly look forward to that. But yeah, just getting on, getting on with it day in, day out. Um, but as you know, there the cards are being dealt. We just got to get on with it. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's been a, it's been a crazy situation over the past two years yeah. or so. Like how have you found it even with GEA as well? Like I know you've been involved with a few different underage teams and whatnot. Like how have you found the, the coaching? Like I, I don't know if you're doing it through Zoom or, or, or how it's worked for yourself, but certainly for a lot of people anyway, it's definitely been a, yeah. a big change. Big time. So, like, I would have been involved with the Dublin development squad for four years and not last year's minor team, the, tier, the team before that. Um, you know, we had to uh, down tools and we've done a lot of our stuff uh, on Zoom um, so we're having Zoom quizzes meetings just to keep the guys connected um, and that was a big change um, you know for the previous years we were on the pitch the whole time um, but it was difficult I have to be very honest it was, it's difficult keeping guys engaged um, you know obviously we couldn't do collective te- team sessions uh, lads had to go and do work on their own um, and then we obviously we got to do a little bit then uh, closer to, to championship, so yeah, it was, it was really really challenging. Um, and um, you know, unfortunately, we got beaten by Mead uh, down in Navan. Um, so all our you know our, our few years work, 
literally, you know, the, the group stages were cancelled because of because of COVID, and we had to go down to Nav, and unfortunately, we came out on, on the wrong side of it. But listen, it was it was the same for the Mead lads. Um, they then progressed uh, through the championship. Um, but it was a great experience, I have to be honest. I loved every every minute with with uh, Jerry Lyons and Derek Byrne and the rest of the lads. Um, and by Stephen O'Shaughnessy. So yeah, we, we we had a great four years, but it just shows you how things changed from, you know, you know, being stuck at the end of a, end, end of a, a laptop, trying to communicate, do do sessions, you know, uh, team meetings on Zoom was, was 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 quite a change to you know doing it in a you know a meeting room environment. So yeah, a lot of change there, and um, but that was it. You just got to, You just had to adapt and get on with it. Um, so yeah, done done me four years staying with, with the development squad, and basically yeah, last year I was just back doing a bit. Of my daughter's under fifteen team in Ballyboden, so um, didn't have too many constraints on me last year. So it was a little bit easier, you know, to 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 cope during during the pandemic. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and does it make you even appreciate your your playing days? I suppose like back when you would have first kind of came on the scene, given. I know we had a, a pandemic, I remember early back in the in the early 2000s, but I suppose it was not on the same scale as what it was now. So I suppose like, does it make you appreciate, you know, how, how much easier I suppose he's had it in terms of you had those games, you had those training sessions, you didn't have to ever worry about a pandemic or, you know, training, you know, doing training at home, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely, Aaron. Like, you know, we took it for granted. It's only when, you know, the, the nights are getting out on the pitch, Tuesday, Thursday nights, training and when those nights are taken away from you you really I suppose then you really do when, it, when I do look back you can really appreciate you know how, how lucky we were where we didn't have to you know play during a pandemic and you know I have to be honest like the, the, the lads that on the development squad that I'd worked with you know from 14, 15, 16 and then under 17 you know it's, it's you know it's all turned on their head you know so the preparation wouldn't mean the same uh, as previous years so they're a little bit they were a little bit unfortunate in that regard but unfortunately that's just that's just the world we're living in um but absolutely you know you, you never you know i suppose it was never looking forward as much to getting back to, to training as uh you know when, when the when the when the organization allowed us back on, onto the pitch and stuff like that and that that was massive and i suppose when you do reflect back you know i, I was lucky enough i played for for many as a year but it's only when you're stuck in the stuck in the house here and you can't get out and train you can't you know go kick a ball you know that's when you really uh, you reflect and say, God, we 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 had we had it lucky uh, because we didn't have to go through a, through a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, no, like I completely agree as well. I think, like, I think for for most people in most life situations, I think it's definitely put a, a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people. Like, just looking back at, at what you've achieved, I suppose, um, when you were playing for the Dublin Senior Footballers and with Kilmacud Croaks as well, like four Leinster titles, you won the the All Star in two thousand two, five Dublin Senior Football Championships, three Leinster titles, and an All Ireland Club title in in two thousand nine. Like, how do you reflect on it all back now? Like thinking about it, I suppose, 10, 15 years on. Yeah, I, I suppose like I was in Parnell on, on, a, on at the weekend watch, watching you know the the Bowden and, and Croaks lads playing. Uh, my kids playing Bally Bowden. So I've, I've got a foot in both camps. I'm interested in, in, in how uh, both games are going at the weekend. But like you know, Aaron, when when I look back, you know, I've been so so lucky, and it's it's only now that you know when you have the feed up that you can say you can look back on the career. And I was so fortunate to be involved in a club, Kim Accord, where you know, it, it was so well run, you know, you know, I suppose the club has got to take a huge amount of credit for 
having the right people, the right structures in place that gave mm-hmm. us the foundations to, to go on and uh, go on and win championships. Um, I was lucky enough, I think, you know, I was talking to Johnny McGee earlier on in, in the week, and I think we were involved in, in eight uh, county finals. Uh, and as you said, Aaron, we, we, we got over the line on five occasions. So, you know, th- that was massive. You know, I, I, I remember going back, Tommy Lyons gave me my first opportunity back. Uh, the lads won the All-Ireland in 95 and I played in the championship of 95. So it was March. So the boys won the championship 94, but obviously won the All-Ireland in March uh, 95. So I played in the championship 95. You know, so it was a long time to when we won our first championship in 1998. Um you know, around that time, we were having some great tussles with with, uh, with Nafina. Aaron Zoyle would be in the kingpins around then as well. Um, and yeah, so we, we finally got over a line. Robbie Kelleher was the manager. Um, so that was a massive achievement. You know, winning our, it was our second championship uh, for the club. Um, and then, you know, I suppose that was an unbelievable year because we got beaten by Aero Oga after three games in the Leinster Club final. Um and that was that was a massive. Um, I suppose it was, I won't say massive regret, but it, we certainly had opportunities to win the Leinster Club that year. Um, certainly, the first and second day, we we, we probably could have won it. Um, but in fairness, hats off to Air Oak. They grounded out, and you know they stuck with us, um, and then they beat us convincingly the third day. So, you know, from '98, you know, we had to wait until um, 2004 to, to win our next Dublin Championship. Um, and I think Port Leash beat us that year, so that was that was tough going. Um, uh, Mick Dillon was the manager who was the captain back then in '95 when he lifted the when he lifted the cup. Um, and then I suppose we then won another championship in '05 under Nicky McGrath, and that was a great year. I suppose I was um, I was only reminiscing with Johnny. It was um, it was an unbelievable year where you know obviously the highs of 2002, but. You know, I was back playing some really good football. I remember in one of the, the Leinster club games, I scored 110. So that was probably one of the, the highlights of, of my career. But fellas, kind of, the only, you, know, you only get earmarked for, for we'll say, 2002 and being top scorer then. So, you know, the club was, 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 was the heartbeat of, like, even with Dublin, when I came back, I always felt that the club got me, you know, onto the inter-county scene. And I always felt that I had to repay uh, the club with, with, with you know, by leading when I got back, I'd like to think I'd done that. Um, that was oh five. Then, then again, in 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 oh eight, we beat. Yeah, we beat start Newbridge uh, in oh five. I think I was down in Nav. In oh eight, we beat Road, and then again we beat Road. I think we we're nine points down in Parnell at half time, and we end up winning the Lancer yeah we Lancer Club that year as well. So, um. Like they were some unbelievable years, um, and played with some unbelievable players uh, from the likes of Paprock Senior, um, you know Connor Deegan, uh, all the way through the the Naughties. Then lucky enough to play with the likes of Brian Kavanagh, um, Adrian Morrissey. With you know the team that obviously went on to win the, the Club All Ireland, uh, you know, you know March '09. So yeah, you know I have to say that the years with the club they were very special. Um, and so you know when you reflect and you know you know the club of you know from let's say we got county final in 09 i think hugh, hugh kenny from wicklow was our manager and we got beaten by a point but we had to wait until the club had to wait till 2018 to get back 
to a county final. Um, and I don't, and then they have me there since. So, you know, when you reflect on that, Aaron, I was, you know, I'm, I'm privileged. I'm very, very lucky to have been involved with, with such a, a successful club uh, and, a, you know, you know, managers that, that, that made us tick and just kept changing, changing the guard. Like if you look at the team from 98, that then came on to win the championship in, in 04. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a big change in the regard. So, um, you know, you know, year in, year out, like we were competing. Athena beat us in 2000, and Bridget beat us in 03. Um, and then obviously Palimona in, in 12. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, a lot of competition throughout the, throughout the years. Um, but definitely do. I certainly look back on, on, on the, on the club career with fondness with some very big, the highs of obviously winning the All-Ireland and obviously the lows of, you know, being beaten by Aerog and, and then obviously Port Leash uh, and then Cross McGlenn beat us in the All-Ireland semi and Salt Hill knocked the car as well. So, um, some lows as well thrown in there, but I think they certainly, um, uh, made me that bit stronger uh, from learning from those defeats. Yeah, like I suppose it's it's what everyone dreams of. Really, is winning a an All Ireland, not just with the with the county, but I suppose with the club as well. Like, and you think that stood to you as well a little bit, yeah. like the competitiveness of the Dublin Senior Football Championship in general. Like you've even seen that over the last couple of years. Like it seems like you've seen there at the weekend the recent county champions Ballymun Kickums were knocked out by Luke and Sarsfield. So it does seem that on any given year, anyone really can go and, and win that championship. And, it, you know, it was like that 10, 15 years ago. And do you think that's something that's even stood to yourself? And I suppose a lot of the other lads who've probably came in now of the panel over the, over, you know, a brief period of time. Oh yeah. Like the Dublin club championship, you know, without doubt is, is, is that, is that, well, it is the toughest championship to win because when you look at the influx of, of, you know, county lads that, that, that come into, into playing the championship, you know, it it's certainly is the I believe the toughest championship. But I'd say most people around the country would have to say, you know, um, when you look at some of the players that that have that are coming in, that, you know, UCD I think beat us back in 06 and like it was a star-studded team back then. Um, everyone playing senior inter-county football, you know, I remember, yeah, you, you can pick any county, but like Kieran McGinney with some tussles with, with Geezer back in we'll say 2000 where they they won three in a row. Um, but every club team around Dublin, you know, they 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 intercounty stars from all over the place. So that certainly did, did made made us battle hardened, and I suppose it did bring me on as a footballer when you're playing tough club games week in week out. Uh, it certainly did stand to me when when uh, when I was playing uh, in the in the blue jersey. Yeah, and I suppose you mentioned the blue jersey there. Like obviously, when when you would have came into the Dublin senior football panel, like I suppose the landscape around Dublin football. Would have been a lot different, I suppose, to the to the way it's been now or, or over the past ten years or so. Like, it's mad to, I suppose, look at how different, I suppose, things have been for for Dublin football over the past ten years or so compared to, I suppose, yourself and Johnny McGee and, and Kieran Whelan when you all would have kind of broke through back in ninety six, ninety seven. Like, yeah. I suppose it's mad to see how things have kind of transitioned since then. Oh yeah, like like from from whatever ninety five, ninety six on, like. Like winning provincial titles, they were hard earned back then, Aaron. So, mm. um, you know, the guys have a monopoly on it at the moment, but certainly, as you said, the four Lancer medals that I have, you know, I cherish them. We, you know, we had to fight to nail to, to win them. You know, we're playing in front of, you know, 82,000 full house inside in Croker back in the day. So, you know, you know, it, Lancer was a much different 
proposition back then. The landscape was different. The likes of Leash, Westmead, obviously won a, won a Leinster back then. Offaly were very competitive as well. Uh, and then Mead and Kildare. So, oh, you know, we, we grew up in a year when, when things were, were much tougher to win, whereas now the lads are just so dominant, you know. Unfortunately, that the, the provincial titles are, you know, they're, they're too a penny for, for the lads at the moment and, and they're not, you know, uh, maybe over the last couple of years they've been challenged a little bit more um, than what they would have in the past. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously with, with the changes that they organise, the GA trying to do it, no, the model is broken and something has got to give. Um, you know, they need something more to, you know, they're really not being challenged. They might get one tough game in, in the Leinster Championship and then they're, you know, they're looking either at, you know, trying to peak for an All-Ireland semi-final and then an All-Ireland final. So, you know, they're they're only peaking for three or four days throughout the year, whereas, you know, week in, week, out, week, week, in, week out, we had to, you know, fight tooth and nail to win every game that we were, we were competing in it in Leinster. I suppose people forget as well, like how competitive Leinster was back then. Like obviously Mead, who came through in 96, won the All-Ireland, like Kildare in 98, got to the All-Ireland final. And then I suppose you had a period there between, I think, 2000 and 2005, where you had five different teams that won the Leinster Championship. You had Leash, Westmead, Mead, Kildare, Dublin, obviously in, in 05 as well, like in 2002. So I suppose uh, like when you look back at that, like it is mad to think how competitive the Leinster Championship was back then, I suppose, compared with today. Like, do you think Dublin have just gone streets and streets ahead or do you think even the, the Leinster counties maybe have, have fallen off or, or maybe a bit of both? Yeah, no, I, I think most counties in Leinster, by the last couple of years, like Mead, Mead and Kildare for the last couple of years have probably put it up to Dublin. But, you know, they're still only going in this, you know, I'd like to think they're probably only in third or fourth gear. They hadn't, you know, been pushed to the pin of their collar. Um, but, you know, I suppose Mead under Andy McIntyre, they've, they've certainly made progress. Um, Kildare would like to think that they've, they've made progress over the last couple of years as well and we'll be competing a lot more in the years to come. But all things being equal, you know, it, it's hard to see anybody getting close to Dublin in, in Leinster over the next couple of years. Um, certainly with the crop of players that Dublin have, you know, they're, they're going to get to a, you'd imagine they're going to get to a Leinster final every year um, and just keep, keep adding to the, to the tally of uh, victories that they have had. Yeah, and I suppose they were thinking of obviously doing the provincial championships at the, the start of the year. That was the main plan, run them in a, in a round robin system and there was a lot of people saying it would devalue the, the provincial championships and I think the, the Ulster and, and Connacht counties in particular weren't particularly happy with I suppose the proposals that were being made. Like, what did you think of it, of it all yourself and running the, you know, the provincial championships before the start of the year, and then having a, a league-based championship? Uh, I suppose as they were going to call it, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I'm certainly in agreement. I know, you know, we'll say when, when when we won our first championship back in '98, you know, being involved with with, with the, the intercounty team and then back down to club, you're nearly going for you're overlapping for for nearly 13, 14 months of the year if you're going. You know, from the start of one season all the way to to you'll say Paddy's Day with, with the club. You know, it's it, you know it, it's it's a big big drain uh, on an individual. So it'd be all for the the season being you know club club for the first six months or whatever the inter county then for the second half of the year and dividing it up there. I'm not holding the club player to ransom either. You know, I think that was I know back in the, back in the days like if we were missing a few a few lads inter county lads, we could get games pulled. But I certainly thought yeah, it wasn't fair on the club lads to be held to ransom because whatever, two, three, four lads were off with the inter-county team and they, they missed out on football. So I think, you know, you mentioned Ballymun earlier on. Ballymun were, were, were 
you know, they've six or seven fellas, you know, last year on, on the Dublin team. Um, but, you know, they could plan and organise, like, to change the charity game, a small, you know, they could prepare with the club, give that a lash, obviously went on and won the Dublin uh, club championship. And then, you obviously then for the rest of the season, they could commit all their time and energy to Dublin. So I do believe that, you know, it's the right, it's the right, it certainly beats the, 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 the way it previously was done. And uh, so players can, you know, they can, they can plan their season, you know, again, back to the club player, club player can go and plan holidays, you know, you don't have fixtures being dropped in at the drop of a hat. If Dublin, you know, you know, if, if the county team gets beaten uh, at any stage, so whatever shadow of a doubt, I think is it, it, certainly the way forward. Um, and for, you know, it's a pity there wasn't around back in the day when I was playing, but I certainly do believe it's, it's the right way to operate. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and like you were saying there, like, I mean, just just taking it back a bit, like, to obviously when you would have broke on the on the county scene, like. I suppose you, you would have had some team back then as well, like considering you had the likes of Jason Sherlock and Desi Farrell, Kieran Whelan was breaking through. You were obviously there as well. And I suppose given how Leinster, like how competitive Leinster was, like it must have been, like there must have been some fierce battles in there with, with the likes of Mead and Kildare because it does seem like between the years of 95 and I suppose maybe 2010 or so, like it did seem like prime years for Leinster where almost every Leinster final was competitive. The semi-finals were competitive and even some counties like Wexford and, and Loud, for example, came very close to winning Leinster titles there in a, a few different years. Absolutely. And I suppose that's what maybe it's lost and lost on, on the current crop of, of, of Dublin players where, you know, they're not being uh, chance as much as what we, you know, that, that team after the Docs in the Wonderland Ireland 95, you know, I came onto the scene then '96, but every year, like it was, you know, the, the Dublin Mead uh, battles they were massive. Obviously, drove Kildare into the mix there as well. But as I said, like we, we were, you know, we, we were forced, you know, we were forced to play, you know, uh, every chance of game, and nothing would you could you couldn't take anything for granted. You know, you, you throw in the likes of some of the lesser counties, the likes of likes of Wicklow and Loud. You know, if you had to go down to Ockram or up to Drada, you knew you were going to be put, you know. Uh, on the back foot and you have to earn everything you've got. So, yeah, I remember, you know, even prior to that, you know, traveling to, to games, supporting Dublin. And those, those were really good occasions, you know, getting out of Dublin if you're going down to Port Leash, down to Navin. Um, they were, like, they were serious games. And, you know, my young fellow would take, for example, you know, he goes to Crow Park, you know, year in and out. And I don't think he's, he's hardly seen Dublin lose a, a Leinster Championship game. Um, and that's, that's something that I think is it's hard for them to comprehend but certainly you know when I look back you know winning winning the, the couple of titles with, with Dublin was unbelievable and, and, and something that you know I would certainly cherish uh, for years to come um, and listen you know I was so fortunate to, to play with the likes of Desi uh, J.O. Wheelow Colleen Moore and Darren Holm and the likes of so Shane Ryan the magnificent David Henry controlling any multitude of players you know um we didn't quite have the success that say, the team of 95 had. But like, listen, they, they fought, you know, in the early 90s, they lost many not our final. And they, they finally got over the line in 95. We were the, the in-betweeners. So until Killers got the lads over the line in 2011, you know, we didn't quite, we, we didn't quite get, get to the, 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 the Holy Grail. But um, certainly we enjoyed every uh, step of the journey along the way and, and certainly uh, learned a lot of lessons and made some great friends. Uh, when involved with the dogs. What was it like when you first broke onto the onto the panel? Yeah, it, I suppose it, it was quite quite surreal insofar as 
you know, I'd, I'd look, you know, I, I'd be in that young fella, you know, uh, going to Hill 16, you know, supporting the dubs, you know, traveling, as I said, to provincial grounds, going on the, going on the road trips. Um, and then obviously coming out, coming onto the scene then in 96, you know, you're walking into a dressing room with the likes of, you know, Keith Barr, John O'Leary, um, you know, guys, I, 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 I idolized Paul Curran, Desi McDig, and I'd idolized these fellas, Paul Beale and Brian Steins. Uh, Paddy Moran was a massive influence as well. Um, so yeah, like, like those guys, I, I certainly look up to them. Um, and as a young lad coming in, you know, it was, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a wonderful experience, you know, and, and and I suppose there's no better grounding than you know Mickey Whelan was was a gaffer that finally gave, you know that brought me into the setup. Um, and fairness to Mickey gave me every opportunity, and, and you know a great football coach. Um, but obviously the, the guys have been very successful uh, in the early nineties. I le- learned an awful lot. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great, you know, it, it definitely was. It was a little bit surreal, you know, walking into we used to train out the Trinity, Trinity training ground out out in Ballymun. Um, and I certainly remember, you know, the first night walking in, I was absolutely blanking it. But uh, yeah, the lads made me feel at home. And uh, I was looking at the likes of, you know, Mick, Mick Pender was around, John O'Callaghan, um, Peter Ward was in around the fringe of the scene, Connor, uh, Con Cleary. So there was, a, there was a few Kim Good lads knocking around at that time. And obviously the success that the club had in 95, um, that, that made things a little bit easier. Would there have been anyone you would have idolised growing up and not even from a GA standpoint, like it could be anyone really, any sporting people or, or anyone really? Was there anyone you looked up to, I suppose, growing up and kind of maybe even modelled your game off? Yeah, I suppose one player that, that I was so fortunate to, to play with was Paul Curran. Uh, Curry was was a player that that I, you know, you know, as a fan, I always watched Curry coming up the field a wing half back. You know, Paul had, had played in a lot of positions uh, throughout his career. But Paul was, was a player that you know I certainly would have would have uh, idolised. You know, his success, I suppose, with, with Thomas Davis uh, in the early nineties as well. And uh, I was lucky enough where he joined Kim McCord um, uh, for for a period of time. But certainly, Paul probably would have been would have been being a, being a Southsider. Um, Paul would have been the the one guy I probably would have idolised and looked up to. Um, Certainly, when you know Texaco Player of the Year, I think in '95, as uh, he was probably the, the main man that, that I would have looked up to back in the day. Hmm. And do you think as well, like it was even because we were mentioning there as well about how competitive the the Dublin Senior Football Championship was. Like, do you think it's, I suppose, it was a lot harder for players to, to get noticed back then? Because I think today nowadays, like with social media and with the fact that I suppose with the lockdown, like a lot of the games are streamed. Like you, you can watch all the club games on Dublin GEA. There's, you know, you can watch club games really from any county, really anywhere. You might have to pay a bit of bob, but you can find them if you want to. So do you think it was a lot harder back then for, for players to, to get noticed, I suppose, in the Dublin Club Championship games and then get called up to the, the Dublin Senior Football Panel? I, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I don't know about that, Aaron. I think, I think if the management team uh, is doing its job properly, they won't, there's not too many players, you know, throughout the county that, that don't get recognised Um you know, obviously with, with social media and stuff like that, Dubs TV and everything else. Yeah, you can watch, as you said, you can watch every, you know, every, every possible game that, that, that that's being played at, at the weekend. But I, you know, I, I was lucky. You know, I was involved with a good club that you know we were we were competitive. We were winning league titles. You know, we, we were fortunate enough to win a couple of championships in the in the in the in the nineties as well. So that's certainly you know if you're doing you know the way I look at it, if you're performing with the club, you'll always get an opportunity. Either in our challenge game or back in the day, we used to play three national league games 
before Christmas and most of the lads would have put their feet up and have a little bit of a break uh, and you know it would have been a, a, an opportunity for fellas to, to cut their teeth and see if fellas can, can produce the goods um, and you know that's I'm, I'm a firm believer you do the business with the club you get a crack of the, you get a fair crack of the whip and um, with with the county team, and I know you know being involved with, with the development squad for the last four years, you know the, the same selection process there. I wouldn't I wouldn't like to think that there's too many kids that would look back in the four years that I was involved that weren't given an opportunity. Um, at some stage, be it trial games, they've brought out for some some period of time to, to show what they were worth. Um, I suppose that's you know that's that's down to you know obviously the management structure that's there. But again, I was in I was in Parnell at the weekend and. I met Desi. Desi was in there. He was in watching watching the games. He was with Brian O'Regan. They were one of sectors and Shea. So yeah, like the, the, the lads are watching everything that's going on. And you know, obviously, it was a little, I suppose it was the the, the attention, the, the the media attention probably wasn't as big back in back in the nineties. And I suppose fellas tweeting and Instagram and this that and the other. It, it, it's hard not to you know take a bit of notice of stuff at the moment. But certainly, um, uh, you know, a firm believer you do the business with the club, you get your fair, you get a fair crack of whip and. and out to, to Dublin at some stage. Absolutely, and leading up to that 2002 season, then I suppose that was, I suppose the the season that a lot of people would remember yourself for, obviously like a like a huge season for yourself in terms of performance, and I suppose for the Dubs in general as well, like bridging that seven year gap, winning the Leinster title, getting to a an All Ireland semi final. I could imagine it's fond memories for yourself, but also obviously that scent of heartbreak as well from the from the Armada defeat. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose as you said it, you know, fellas look back now and, and they, they see, you know, the seven all tides that Dublin have won. And, you know, from like Dublin from 83 to 95, it was a long gap. And then 95, we didn't win another, as you said, and we didn't win another championship seven years back in 2002. Unfortunately, you know, my ex club manager, Tommy Lyons, you know, took over the reins uh, when Tommy Carr um, departed. And, you know, Tommy built his own team back in 2002. He brought in young guys like like Brogy, Paul Casey, uh, Barry Cahill, Johnny McNally. Um, yeah, and, you know, I suppose, I suppose at the start of the year, you know, you know, our sole goal would have, would have been to, to go and win a Leinster title. We never looked any further afield than that because we were a young, young bunch at that stage. Um, but absolutely, like, like Tommy, you know, really got, got the, the city behind us, um, you know, with, with, with the... I suppose you can remember the, the bunting and the flags on cars. I remember walking up O'Connor Street with the 31st, you know, team for uh, outside the, the, the bank band on O'Connor Street. You know, it, it was unbelievable, you know, you know, and, and as you said, we're playing in front of 80 odd thousand. Um, and, you know, we had some tough games started off against uh, Wexford down in Dr. Cullen Park in Carlo. Um, and again, we, we were. Wexford put it up to us. I can't remember what we were beaten by, but you know we got a we got we got a fill of it that day. Um, and then I think we moved on. I think we beat Mead then in a Leinster Leinster semi final, um, and then we were lucky enough to get over till there in, in the Leinster final. Um, yeah, you know, I suppose our confidence grew, came in uh, from from every game uh, after that, and definitely we. Um, you know, I suppose I'll certainly be remembered for, for, for missing the free and hitting the post against Armagh. But certainly it was, you know, we just, you know, as a team and as a collective, we just we just grew in confidence from, from Dr. Cullen Park 
the first round. And in fact, Tommy, he's a, he's a brilliant man manager. He 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 got it. He got into our heads, and you know there was there was no no task too big for us. But unfortunately, we just didn't get just didn't get over the line against our map. And you know, first our map, Joe Kearney's team went on and uh, and won the All Ireland against the uh, you know a Kerry team that would have been favourites going into the game. Was there any pressure? Do you think even to to end that way? I suppose for a Leinster title, like given it had been seven years, and I suppose for for Dublin in particular, like. You know, you like you think of it nowadays, like considering how dominant Dublin have been, um, and even looking back in in history as well, like it hadn't been too many times there'd been that much of a gap. And I know as we were saying, the Leinster Championship was was fairly competitive, but was that kind of the sole aim, I suppose, to, to win the the Leinster title that year? That's it. Like again, because we were a completely new team, and like Tommy was building the team, there was no there was no pressure on us whatsoever because you know the, the last book of the guys from '95 had gone, Desi Perdner. Jim, Jim Gav was still around, but the lads at that stage they, they were they were kind of and Jason, you know they were you know they weren't mainstays in the team, and um, you know like Shane Ryan, Wheelow, um, you know, Brogy, myself, Barry Cow, Paddy Christie, uh, Clucko and Goal, you know we we were we were a completely new team, so we were going into every game without any pressure. There was no we we no baggage to carry, you know, so. Every game that we went out, we just went out, put our best foot forward, played to the game plan, and, and in fairness, we, you know, we, we were fortunate, fortunate enough to, to get over the line against Kildare. Um, sorry, I forgot we, we played Kill, we played um, Donegal, we played yeah, that's when Tommy got got six, so we we obviously made an All Ireland quarter final um, against Donegal. We drew the first day, and obviously we went down a beat and then the in the mm. replay. So um, sorry for forgetting forgetting that 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 game. Uh, those two games were say. Um, but certainly, yeah, there was no pressure on us, Aaron. I have to be honest. You know, we, we, we just we just went out and played, played with abandonment. There was no, you know, there's no real pressure. You know, now every time you know a Dublin team goes out, there's massive pressure. You know, because they're they're competing in all Ireland finals year in year out. That's 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 massive pressure. And um, back in the day, we just took every game as it, as it came, um, and you know, done as well as we could. And, you know, we, we were fortunate enough, you know, to, to win to win a, a few titles back then, but unfortunately, we weren't quite good enough to 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 get to a final um, and compete. I'd imagine Tommy Lyons as well. Like I'd say, he probably like you know your fond memories of, of him obviously taking over as the as the manager. I suppose with him having been in charge of him with Croaks previously. Like, like I'd imagine it was brilliant to see him in charge, and I suppose probably great memories like working under him. Yeah, well, again, Tommy would have known me really, really well. Like, Tommy would have given me my opportunity. Um, I remember playing the, the Dublin Senior Football semi-final in Crow Park. Tommy gave me my, my I suppose, a run that year. So Tommy would have known me. His brother, Cork, would have managed me at under 15 or under 16, under 16 I think it was. So, yeah, Tommy would have known, you know, my calibre and my potential um, from all the way back to, say, at under 15 when, when I got, got involved with Kim McCord. Yeah, and in fairness to Tommy, he knew the, you know, he knew the potential that I had. And he knew what I was doing with the club, um, at whatever from minor twenty under twenty ones back in the day, and then obviously came with the senior team, um, you know. And, and then in fairness to him, he did, you know, when he came in in two thousand and two, I'll never forget him picking up the phone and you know he put the hand around the shoulder. He said, "Cause you don't care, I'm going to play you week in week out." Um, and in fairness, that was the the vote of confidence that I really needed. You know. You know First thing Monday morning, we get a phone call, and we have an honest, frank discussion about how the game, you know, the national league game, would have went. Um, 
but he showed massive faith in me, and that that was massive. I suppose you know he he he, um, he put a hand around the shoulder, and I'd like to think I repaid him in spades by by the performances that I put in that summer. Yeah, like, and do you think that was one of the main reasons then for for your form that year, and obviously winning the the All Star as well? Like, obviously coming back into the panel, or even what you said earlier as well, like the fact that the, you didn't really feel any pressure. So maybe for yourself, like kind of going through the Leinster Championship and the, the Donegal game, or as well, like I suppose that kind of pressure of weight of expectations that would be on a lot of Dublin footballers for yourself probably wasn't there. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't like you know. Uh... You know, I'd obviously been involved in the Leinster final in '99. That didn't work out quite as well as I would like to. Have, you know, and I suppose I was two years out out in the Willands back with the club, um. So I probably felt back in 2002 I had a little bit to prove, um. You know, having won the the the, the championship in '98 in Dublin, um. But you know, you know, I still felt I, I hadn't kind of produced the goods uh, at inter county level, um. Prior to that, I got couple of opportunities yeah they listen you know, you know I, i've been injured for a couple of years but certainly 2002 you know the that was that was the the, the time that i had to stand up and be counted on it i certainly feel that you know um the disappointment of 99 certainly made me a stronger character um and i certainly proved a lot of people wrong i'd like to think by, by my performances in, in, in 2002 i finished the top score in the championship you know i, I remember being ahead by zero to hero um but that took years and years of of uh, hard work and effort you know from breaking onto the scene you know, in 95 with the club obviously breaking to the double team 96 you know you know it was a long time coming around to uh, to get an opportunity to, to showcase you know my ability um but as i said to you like with, with the club career as well you know going for you know being involved in what else is it? eight different county finals. Like we were competitive, Chemical, we were competitive. I don't know how many semi-finals we were beating in. Um so yeah, year in, year out, we, we were always, you know, we were always there, thereabouts. Um, and certainly from 02 on, um, you know, it certainly made me a, a, I, I'd say a more confident player. Um and I suppose like I carried carried the weight a bit a bit, a bit better than I would have made in the earlier years. And I'd say, like, coming up against the Armagh team, like you were saying earlier, like, obviously managed by Joe Kernan that went on to win the All-Ireland, players like Ushi McConville in there and Kieran McGinney and Dermot Marsden, like, I mean, some team altogether, and maybe people didn't quite realise it too much back then. I know they had a they had an All-Ireland semi-final a few years previous, but I think, like, some team altogether, it must have been quite the experience coming up against them. Yeah, and as I said earlier on, Aaron, that, that, that Armagh team, They've been on the go for a good few years. They've been competing and winning, you know, Ulster titles. Whereas we were in our infancy, um, like as you mentioned, you mentioned the guys like the like the Francie, the McNulty's, these are Andrew McCann, you know, Stevie McDonald, Kieran Marsden. Um, you know, they're, they're a fantastic team. You know, they're an unbelievable team, but they were Paul McGrain, they were they were a much bigger physical, more physical side than we were back in the day. Um, but you know, we went into that semi final. You know, again, I was, was it the pressure occasion? I thought it was it certainly wasn't. You know, we were just beaten on the day by a better team, and they obviously proved that by, by going on and winning the All Ireland. So, you know, for let's say it would be the occasion, get this in, in 02. I certainly don't think so. We were right there, you know, obviously <laughs> up into, into injury time when I missed the free, but you know, the break of the ball, if the ball came off the crossbar, landed into Dublin fellas' hands, you know. 
could you know the ball could have been slotted over the bar, but it just wasn't the day. And um, but certainly, yeah, it was um, it was an unbelievable year from 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 where I come from from, from the, the heartache of, of '99, the last final '99. Uh, to ended up top scoring the championship is it was a surreal year. Um, well, certainly it was one of the, it's only one of the, the many years that I look back on, um, with fondness. Um, you know, there's many of the year. You know, obviously the Ireland club title. I was Leinster club player here in, in in 05 and uh, you know that that was unbelievable. Carrying, you know, carrying, you know, you know, yeah, that accolade. Uh, what was massive. Um, but like again, it's down to the, the players that I was playing with Aaron over the years, like to Johnny McGee, Darren McGee, Paul Griffin, Liam Overheenathon, Bonnie, Mark Davin. You know, you know, I, I was fortunate that I was, that I was involved the club team that are similar to. I won't say on a par with the dumb team at the moment, but we were we were year in year out we were putting it up to the to the best of them um, and when you're involved with a, a good club team like that all you need is a couple of leaders and a good manager to, to keep you tuned in um, and it makes it easier to come back to pre-season training when you're when you're when you're playing at the at the business end of the season you're competing and winning winning titles um, but certainly you know when I do reflect back now I, I, I was so fortunate to you know to Obviously, have won the, the five Dublin titles, and then to be competing in, in, in Leinster club finals, um, that that was that was a huge achievement as well. When when you see, as you said, you look at Vincent's who are they've been relegated down to the B Championship. Plunkett's gone down as well. Mm. Like winning Dublin titles, club titles, a hard come by, and then you know you go into a into a minefield when you get into the Leinster Championship. Um, so yeah, there, there were massively fond occasions that I had, um, and as I said, you know the different. The five different teams that, that would have won those championships. There wouldn't have been, uh, you know, there was a lot of change in those teams from '98 all the way through to the team that won in 2010. Yeah, and I suppose in terms of the miss right at the end of the game from the free, like I suppose for when you when you kind of think of I've seen this before with a lot of other kind of big sports people sometimes when they're asked the question of you think of Stephen Gerrard when he, he slipped that time for for Liverpool years ago or. Killian O'Connor for, for Mayo when he missed that free in, in the All Ireland final. And sometimes they're asked the question, oh, does it keep you awake at night or does it give you sleepless nights or, or anything like that? But I suppose for yourself, like, how was your experience with that? And was it something you just kind of brushed to the to one side and got on with it or, or how did it go? Absolutely no, Committee, listen, I'd be liar to say, listen, did it not keep you, keep you awake for, for a few nights after a match? Absolutely, certainly did. You know, I, I was lucky enough. I won one man of the match that day, Aaron, and that makes it you know it's mm. easy for me to lean on the positives. Uh, kick six points that day. I probably did, I probably did my best game in a Dublin jersey in that All Ireland semi final. So, you know, did, did it did it uh, lean hard on me? No, I don't think it did. You know, I obviously learned an awful lot from it. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I think I think I came back even stronger. You know, the character is anything else to, to keep coming back year in year out. Um. So yeah, it, 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 like, I have to be honest. You know, I got a bit, a couple of stick, obviously, from missing the free. Uh, but no, uh, you know, uh, it was water of a duck's back in, in that regard. You know, the easiest reply gave fellas, you know, and oh, you're the fellow missed the point. You know, still end up top scoring the championship, uh, and as you said, won an officer that year. So it was very easy to, to lean on. I, I'm a, I'd be a glass half full merchant. Uh, it's very easy to take the positives than than than, than frown upon. Uh, if only if, if I'd only kick that over the bar. We still only would have drawn the game, and um, so mm. there's there no guarantee that we would have went on and won the game anyway. So, no, absolutely, just it's awesome, you know. To be honest, never 44 years of age doesn't even doesn't even cross my mind, you know. 
be perfectly honest. Um, and as you said, Aaron, I've, I've been so lucky to be to have so many positive memories throughout my career that you know I don't I certainly don't harbor. And listen, I've lost more big games than I've won, so I don't I don't uh, I don't uh, think of that game in isolation whatsoever. Absolutely, I suppose you don't you don't learn until you have those moments as well. Like I think it's the it's the same for a lot of club players, same for a lot of county players. Like when you make mistakes, that's that's essentially when you learn. And I'm sure for yourself in the years gone by, like that was obviously probably something you, you learn from, not just for, for your county, but obviously probably for your club as well. Yeah, to be, to be honest, when I look back at the career, Aaron, like the, the, the loss in 98 against the era, oh, that, that probably um, sickens the, 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 my stomach insofar as in the second, in the, the second replay, I'd gone and won a free out, out, out around the half forward line. The clock was like, we were in injury time. I got up and I played the ball inside the corner forward position. Um, cornerback won it, crossed the field, came up and equalised. I look back on that probably that gives me more sleepless nights than, than the mystery against Armagh because game, my game management was poor that day. I was young, inexperienced. If I just caught the ball, stuck it in the mud, left it on the, the dirty wet pitch down in, in uh, O'Connor Park, I think we would have went on and won that Leinster club. Um, but unfortunately, I thought I was doing the right thing, kicking it into into space, Paddy kick pass, I kicked it at the corner back, and then they, they came up the field and Jody Morris uh Morris kicked, kicked the equalizer and then the rest is history. We got walloped in, in, in the third game. So that probably hurts a bit more uh than missing the three because you know you know I can look back and say I contributed a bit more maybe in 02 but the game was we, I, I had the winner of the games in my hand there and, and I kicked the ball away so that probably um, that probably hurts a little bit more uh, because we literally had it literally we had we had victory uh, in our hands there and unfortunately um, I blame myself for um, for the, you, know, you know for kicking the ball away yeah and I suppose when Pillar Caffrey came in in, in 2005 what was he like when when he obviously came in charge as, uh, as Dublin senior football manager I suppose in 2003 and 2004 I suppose things didn't go I suppose the way a lot of Dublin people would have hoped in both the Leinster and the All-Ireland series I suppose in 2003 like obviously it was decent enough in the All-Ireland series but I suppose in terms of the the Leinster championship defeats the Boleash and Westmead I suppose it probably probably wasn't as expected considering what you had achieved in, in 2002 yeah, you know, you know, Pillar obviously came in, came in in, in 05. But Pillar had been the Mathena manager, you know, uh, we beat them in the, in the county final in 98. And then they went on to win three in a row. And, uh, you know, they beat us to the final in 2000. So myself and Pillar, we would have, we, 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 we very, uh, we would have known each other inside out in relation to the club scene. And then Pillar obviously was, was a selector under, under Tommy. So Pillar knew me inside out. So, you know, there was nothing new, you know, when, when Pillar took over. He knew exactly, you know, he knew me better than, than most guys in, in, in terms of baby billings. You know, they would have known, you know, my pedigree from playing with the club. Um, but like, as I said, like, I suppose from a from Dublin's perspective, you know, three getting beaten, uh, 04, you know, what was a poor year from, from my perspective. But the way I look at that, Aaron, fellas don't realise the club, we went on a one, we went on a one, yeah, you know, the, the Dunn County final that year and then back again in 05. So fellas are saying, you know, you'd you know, fellas said Jay's because you had a poor year 03, 04. Was, you know, we got beaten in the county final 03, I suppose at, at an inter-county level, you know, my card was marked, you know, being top scorer the year before, 
you know, any manager doing his homework, but I know mm. somebody needs to lock the man down and we'll have a fair chance of, 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 of beating Dublin. So, you know, fellas, you know, they can look at the inter county in, in, in isolation. As I did the poor year, still end up top scorer in 03, but certainly not that didn't hit the heights of, of, of 02, absolutely. But then, fellas, don't balance that out with, you know, the, the, the club where we're putting it, I felt I was putting a huge amount in back into the club. You know, we weren't good enough to get over the line against Bridget's, but then again, then we came back in 04, 104, and 05. So, and I, you know, I suppose from an intercounty perspective, you know, I, I came back and played reasonably well in 05. Um, I think I scored one three against Leash. We beat off in the uh, Lenska final. 2006, um, was it? Uh, five or six, yeah. Yeah, I got back in, back in 05 and then 06. I think it was Mayo that beat us, was it? I think it was, yeah, uh, that was the, yeah. That was the, the yeah, like in 06, I was back playing a good bit better. You know, I, I, I felt like, you know, that all Ireland semi final against Mayo, I, I kicked three points off Harry Gardner, and we were six or seven, six points up when 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 I, when I got taken off midway through the second half. So even at that stage, you know, I was still I still felt that I had plenty to offer at that stage. Um, but you know, obviously Mayo, Kieran Mack, and Andy Moore scored a goal by the time I'd come off, and the momentum had completely swung. Um, and you know, the rest is history. You know, we, we got beaten by a point that year. So. Yeah, like there, there's so many, so many fond memories. But obviously, you know, we, we were unfortunate not to get over the line uh, in 06. And that was probably more sickening than 02 because, again, we were five, six points up midway through the second half and we never closed the game out. You know, the game against Armagh in 02, it was tick, tick for tap. You know, we were 1.2 point game up and down. You know, we, we probably had, we had probably had, had the game by the scruff of the neck against Mayo and, and just didn't close it out. So, yeah, it, it, it's funny when I look back in the career, there's, there's, you know, I'm supposed to say, yeah, we blew in 02, but we certainly made a dog's dinner of it in, certainly in 06. Um, um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny when you look back, and you, I suppose fellas might, might have a different point of view from, from where I'm coming from, but that's, uh, that's, that's my take on it. And I'd say, like, obviously you have family from Mayo, from from what I've read anyway, so I'd imagine 2006 made for a, an interesting uh, conversation at Christmas time. Yeah, like, m- m- both my parents are from Mayo, my dad's from Claremont, and my mother's from Mahamore, so, and then, you know, all my aunties and uncles, you know, some of my uncles would have, would have played for Mayo over the years, so it was, uh, yeah, it was bittersweet in that regard, like, you know, obviously being beaten, you know, it would like to be beaten by one team, but certainly would have been in Mayo, but certainly would have tried to prepare for all Ireland final and getting turned over in the semi final. Um, but listen, that's just the way it goes. Got to go get a good bit of out slag when I when I go down when I go down west uh, these days. And listen, we've we've massive fond memories uh, over the years. But obviously, the the I suppose the competition in Dublin and Mayo in the last decade has added a bit of spice to that as well. So um, every time the Dublin Mayo games come on, I do look at it look at it with, with, with fond memories. You know, looking. You know, from a double perspective, then then me and my mother then looking to see uh, looking to hope Mayo get over the line. Mm, yeah, like and I suppose as well, like obviously, like in in terms of um, that like that the 
2005 like I've seen before like Brian Brogan and a lot of people Alan Brogan as well have said like that those kind of years 05, 06, 07 those were kind of the first steps I suppose for the dubs to eventually I suppose get over the line in, in 2011 like would you kind of concede with that as well like when you look at some of the young players I suppose were coming through that time period in terms of Brian Brogan, Alan Brogan and obviously Stephen Cluxon was very settled in, in the team back then as well yeah, and then don't forget, you know, Dermo was Dermo was on the scene as well. So yeah, yeah, it, it, that's that's you know, it gave a lot of those guys an opportunity um, to get game time or five or six or seven. But you know, the, you, you look at Cluck O'Cluck at the ways over decades, you know, to win to win this first All Ireland. You know, and mm. he, he sold a lot. Hard. He was he was in a lot of losing dress rooms before. You know, he got to. Uh, to 2011 when when uh, when Cully was and Brian Cullen, you know, Cully was was around the scene back then. So, you know, they did like that was certainly a grounding, um, and the, you know, it, it gave those fellas, you know, certain opportunities that they may not have had, um, only for you know the likes of Killer being around, um, around that generation. In fairness, you know, those fellas they didn't know, they didn't get anything easy. They had, they had to they had to earn everything that they got. Uh, and they took they took a few beats as well over the years. You know, the you look at the, the Kerry game where they, where they got well beaten. Um, it's certainly you know, you know, drum of that era. They, you know, they did learn an awful lot from from the defeats. Um, and then when when 2011 came around, when they finally got over the line, I was never so happy for for the lads that we just mentioned there because you know they they put in so much time, effort, you know, sweat, effort, and time in the gym on the pitch. It was absolutely unbelievable for them to get over the line. And when you're seeing the likes of Cluxton and Brogan coming through Dermo, like you mentioned there as well, could you sense that, okay, like there's something building here, like maybe they, they might not win an All-Ireland, like you never know, maybe if Kerry closed that game out in 2011, you, you just never know how the, the tables would have turned. But I suppose, could you see that even if they didn't get over the line in 2011, that there was something there was something building there, that there, surely they were going to be there, thereabouts over in the, in the coming years? Yeah, as you said, Aaron, like, you know, they were becoming just, you know, they were monopolising Leinster Championships and they were just getting closer and closer to getting over the line. And fairness, like, like Brogy, you know, came on the scene in 2002, Clucko had been around the year before. Um, so, yeah, the likes of Barry Cowell, Paul Casey, all these guys that were coming to the fore, you know, Mossy then uh, led, led from the front, Dermo, uh, Cully, they were, you know, they were an unbelievable bunch of lads that 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 showed great resolve. You mentioned, you know, Bruno. You know, Bruno probably should have broken into the team a little bit sooner than he did, but you know, he, he had to wait uh, by this time. Uh, by the time, you know, he, he hit the, hit the ground running. Um, but you could tell, you could tell there was signs. A lot of these guys had won all around under under twenty one titles as well, so they had they had you know success at an at, at underage level um, that that stood to them. Um, so they didn't fear uh, teams like like you know, I'm not saying we feared them, but like they they know they know hang ups about you know uh, other counties. Yeah, because I'd imagine even the throne win as well in in 2010 as well probably was was a big moment because it was the first time Dublin had beaten either a, a throne or a Kerry I think going back in a long time. So I suppose since '95 the last time the Dubs would have beaten throne and the in the All Ireland Senior Football Championship, so it seemed even the 2010, although they didn't win, they didn't win the All Ireland that year. That seemed to be from the Mead defeat. That seemed to kind of be like the turning point. Whether whatever happened, you know, behind the scenes, I'm not sure, but that definitely seemed to be some sort of turning point, anyways, in, in that particular season. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It was Cork that beat Dublin that year, Aaron, wasn't that? Yeah, know? it was, yeah. That's it, yeah. So they were coming, but it certainly was a monkey off the back. And as you said, the likes of Tyrone and, and, and Kerry, we kind of struggle against kind of those counties in the noughties. Um, and I suppose it was a monkey off the back, you know, taking that, that scalp. Um, but in fairness to Pat Gilroy, Gilroy and his management team, when they came in, you know, they had to change things up. Um, and they learned, to, they learned a huge a huge amount from, from obviously taking that scalp. Um, but yeah, I, I think Gillers knew, Gillers was a very intelligent guy, you know, he, he knew you know, the group of players that he had, that, what potential that, that, that was within the group. Um, so it, it didn't come as any surprise, I'd imagine, to, to Gillers and the rest of the management team that, you know, they, they, had, they certainly had the potential to, to be carrying that all around final and finally got over the line. What have you made of how successful they've been, I suppose, since then as well, like in the past? Obviously, didn't win the All-Ireland this year, as we very well know, they were beaten by Mayo in the, in the semi-finals, but I suppose obviously winning the six in a row, the 2013 All-Ireland as well, like a lot of players like Stephen Cluxton, for example, with what, eight All-Irelands, I mean, you know, quite incredible really for, for a lot of those players to achieve what they've achieved. So what have you made of, of that success? And I suppose that ability as well to, to keep winning and to, to keep going at it. Yeah, you know, when I look back and I, you know, I think the management you need to, you know, I think the management take a massive amount of credit for that. The likes of Gillers, you know, obviously around 95, you know, all our success with Vincent, then Jim obviously being around the scene, you know, one is all our 95, but, you know, had been involved with the underage teams as well. So he knew the, the personnel that he was dealing with, you know, he, he had success. Uh, Decky Darcy came in, Decky had been involved as well at underage level. But, uh, under 21s so you know it, it doesn't come as any surprise that you know that the success came but you have to take your hat off you have to tip your hat to to, to the management teams that you know finally got us over the line and then as you said we're have been so dominant over the last decade and um, like that's been you know unbelievable when you think of you know the success to do it year in year out you know going back to the well and repeating that success year after year after year. Like that's phenomenal when, when you think of how difficult it is to win an All-Ireland, you know, to go and do it as often as the lads have. You know, and, and, and I think a lot of it's player-led. When you, when you think of a lot, the likes of Brogy, Paul Flynn, uh, Fento, Bro, you know, Berno, uh, um, you know, the, the, these, these characters, you know, they're, they're going to go down as legends in the game. Um, and that's you know that's that's a, that's a massive a massive um, compliment that I can pay to pay the lads you know you know look at whoever Smalley whoever James McCarthy Rocky all these guys are there got a five six seven medal in the back pocket you know it, to have that hunger determination and motivation to keep coming back year in year out like Aaron that that's tough going mm. um, that's something that you know you, you, you take the last decade. You know, it's, it's been a phenomenal achievement and it might be for maybe another 20 years that you look back and say, James, that was phenomenal. They, they, were, they were, you know, a team of the ages. Um, and I suppose that's the problem. When, I, when you look back in your career, you're just thinking about it when you're talking to John, you know, you don't, you know, it's the only way you sit by Jesus. Did he play in eight finals? You know, can the club I mean, who, what, you know, be, what, what year did, was that game? Or and you're only reminiscing. Like that, that Dublin team will go back you know, get they look back in years years to come and go, what an unbelievable um journey that they, they brought us on. Um 
which yeah, you know, obviously this this year was a little bit more. It was just a little bit disappointing because we didn't obviously get over the line. But I'm sure Desi will be back. He's planning for next year already. Uh, we'll be looking at getting a bit of fresh blood back into the setup. Um, and yeah, he certainly wants to go back, go back and, and win Sam Maguire. Absolutely. And considering you played, obviously, with Desi, Jason Sherlock, Jim Gavin as well, could you even tell back then as well that management was something that they'd potentially be interested in further down the line and, and gone on? And I suppose, obviously, Jim had his spell and, and Desi's obviously the manager now. And I'm sure J.O.'s obviously been knocking around behind the scenes for a while as well. Maybe he might become the Dublin yeah. senior football manager at some point as well. Well, believe it or not, of the three that you mentioned there, Jim was probably the least that you, you know, he's obviously going to go down and he's probably the most successful GA manager. But of the three characters, you know, Jason was obviously massive, massively high profile with his soccer and his basketball background. You know, no surprise that, that, that Jason ended up, you know, being part of the managing team. Desi obviously was a massive leader back in 95. And when Desi spoke, you know, you know, you know, everyone just paid attention and listened. Jim, on the other hand, with his army background, Jim was, he was less, uh, he was a little bit more introverted. He wouldn't be as outgoing as, as the other two lads. Um, but you could tell that he was so disciplined. Even when he was training, like Jim would arrive at training, he'd be out half an hour before everybody else, warming up, doing his stuff. Um, and it was just his, his meticulous preparation. That's something that would have stood out uh, back, in, back, in the, back in the 90s. You know, Jim did, never wanted the limelight. You know, he was, he was always... Just want, just want to get the job done for the team. You know, he, there was no, there was no airs of racing about Jim. It was about pulling on that jersey, putting in a big shift, and getting a W, getting a win. And um, so it's no surprise that you know he's brought that. Obviously, the success they had at underage level massively helped. Um, and you knew, you knew the personnel that were coming through year in year out. And then you know to obviously to, to manage that group of players to to success. Uh, after success, after success, it's unbelievable. You know, it's um, it's an unbelievable achievement when you look back on it. But you know, as Jim mentions, it, it, it's never about Jim. You know, it, it was always about the players. You know, um, when when you look back at those his calmness on, on the sideline, um, you know that that's is reflected in the team. You know, and uh, I think that's a that was a, that's a massive uh, confidence that you know that. That that can pay Jim is that you know when you look down he doesn't he never he never seems flustered might be a different story behind closed doors but you know when he's on the sideline you know he's, he's calm calculated doesn't seem to get phased um, and that's that's what he was like like the footballer you know on the pitch as well came doing the job done things simple didn't overcomplicate things on on, on the pitch um, and worked his socks off you know his work rate and, and his effort on the pitch was, was second to none. Um, and you can see that you know those characteristics, you know, were carried on into his uh, managerial career. Yeah, it's funny you say that about Jim as well, because even when you when you've seen a lot of the Dublin performances, I suppose in his years as well, they've always looked very measured, very under control, and even at times as well where they've fallen behind, be it against Mayo or even think twenty nineteen against Kerry, they always seem to have some sort of a game plan, and they never panicked as well. Like they always seem to stay calm in possession and just wait for the right opportunities and wait for the right players to score. So I suppose it's very in line with what you're saying there as well. Yeah, I, I suppose, like, you know, fellas here, you know, sticking to the process. But if you look at that Dublin team over the years, as, as you said, they never hit the panic button. You know, they, you know, games have been in the melting pot going into, the, you know, they won a couple of All-Ireland finals by, by kick of a ball. You know, you don't do that by, by not being well-organised 
having you know a meticulous plan in the background and fellas believing in the process fellas believing that the guy beside them is going to stick to the game plan not panic not do something silly and they'll just grind it out grind it out and get a result and like that's you know you know from being involved in teams as i said you know over the years you know our game management certainly teams that i've been on maybe our game management has been poor and i can pick and as i mentioned a couple of those games there you know that we've lost when it when it's been very close you know that confidence and not hitting the panic button you know having that confidence in the fellas around you or the bench the fellas coming off the bench and making an impact like that is something that you know you know you, you just can't instill it's either there it's not you know, you've got to have leaders on the field as well that that take the game by the scruff of the neck and just keep it nice and simple and do the right thing under pressure situations um, and that's what that's what Jim has instilled into, into that group of players um, and certainly Desi will want to you know obviously put his print on that and hopefully get bring a few more young lads through um, and bring back you know success to, to the city again yeah, absolutely. And in terms of this year and obviously that defeat to Mayo, like uh, I suppose a lot of people obviously have their their own theories. And I suppose in terms of when, it, when a big team obviously loses for the first time in a long time, not just in Gaelic football or hurling or in any sport, really, like you see with Kerry sometimes well, when they lose, people kind of point the fingers here or point the fingers there. Or it was this reason or was that reason? Like, what what do you think it was for, for the Dubs losing that game against Mayo? Do you think maybe it was just a case of, I suppose, running out of steam? I mean, you can't you can't win the All-Ireland every year, I suppose. No, absolutely not. And come here to me. Listen, if if Desi had, if he had Clucko, if he had Paul Mannion, and if Jack McCaffrey at his disposal, uh, would we be sitting here and having this conversation? I certainly don't think so. Um, I'm not saying that anybody that the lads that, that came in didn't deliver, but certainly you know that group of players owe nothing to the WGA. Um, you know they just they just unfortunately didn't close out the game. You know they were they were still. Uh, the game was still there to be won with, with five odd minutes to go, Aaron. So, unfortunately, mm. you know, it just got away from them. So, it's just one of those things. You can't you can't be going to the well year in, year out uh, and expecting to win every every game. Unfortunately, we just weren't good enough this year. You know, so it's, you know, fellas that, you know, just didn't, some fellas maybe didn't perform to their potential on the day. Uh, and I suppose the, the performances that we've seen from some fellas just well, work up a scratch on the day and, and, and Mayo were the better team on the day that's all you can say um, look, I, I firmly believe that those three fellas you know you look at some of the other guys that, that left the setup as well um, I, I certainly believe that they could have won an All-Ireland if, they had, if we had all those players in the squad I certainly think we would have had a much better opportunity beating Mayo um, like Jack McCarthy Clucko and, and, and Pauly like you know count the medals count the All-Stars like those three players, take them out of any team, and you're going to be weakened. Um, so yeah, please God, you know, if, if any of those guys were to come back in, in into the setup, I'm sure there's there's going to be channels of communication open between those fellas, and if, if you get any of those fellas back in to the to the setup next year, it put Dublin in a much uh, sounder setting. And um, but certainly there's, there's there's more guys that need to step up to the plate. Some of the younger guys. Uh, Need to deliver, but it's no harm, Marin. Like you know, some of those guys have never lost a championship game, and hopefully that will be the stick that 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 will drive them on. Um, that hurt, that disappointment, that anger, that frustration, whatever you want to call it, well, they'll come back stronger, more determined, um, to get back into the winners' enclosure. So, um, listen, 
is, is it bad for the game to, to see a different county going on in Ireland? Ireland? Certainly not. Listen, do I like to see other counties win Ireland? No. But for the for the greater game of the for the greater of the game, um, you know, that's just one of the things. You just gotta take the feet, learn from it, and I'm sure Desi and the rest of the lads will be concocting uh, a plan to win Sam Maguire back. Yeah, and I suppose you mentioned there, like uh, in terms of some of the younger players coming through, like obviously you think back to, to 2019 and, and 2020, like you two under 20 teams there, for example, that made the, the All-Ireland final. So could you see maybe even some of those younger players maybe even make a way through into the into the senior team next year? Yeah, of those two squads, there's not there's not a huge amount of those guys that, that have broken through at the moment. Um, you know, this year's team was the look. And Odell from Temple Oaks Sing Street would, would, would probably be one of the standout guys that, that who was Lancer Club Player of the Year. Um, you know, the, the likes of young guys like Luke Swan, there's the, a the number of guys there that you'd like to think will step up to the plate in, in the next couple of years. Um, but like, you know, Tom Gray has done a massive job with, with the 20s over the last couple of years. You know, they've been very competitive, um, obviously beaten by Offaly this year. But like, like guys that have come through the development squads and then minor then into 20s they're in a much better sounder position than would say back in my day when there was no development squads and so you know they, they got the best of strength and conditioning um you know hydration the food everything like the, 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 you know it's going to suit whatever they're certainly going to suit teams like dublin where they have an infrastructure where they can bring guys through and all you need to be doing is bringing two or three players through every year in order to supplement maybe guys that are retiring or going out at the other end. And whatever shadow of doubt, as you mentioned, you know, that's Dublin have been fairly competitive in that space over the last couple of years. And I know even that the, the minor squad that I that I was involved in, I have no doubt that two, three, four of those fellas will go on and play senior football. They might have been beaten early in, in a championship, but certainly the grounding, the, the learnings that they would have got since they were 14 years of age, I would like to think that they will come on and they'll want to, you know, replicate what that team in the last decade has done and, and they'll have that drive to, to go and win in All-Ireland. Absolutely. And I suppose you mentioned Kim McCool Croaks there and obviously your your time playing for them. Like I imagine 2009 then is the was that the highlight of your of your playing days in, in terms of Gaelic football and winning that All-Ireland club title? I suppose given you'd mentioned obviously the, the setback with Aerog back in the in the late 90s. So was that kind of a, a big moment, a big turning point or well a huge crowning moment, I suppose, for yourself? Yeah. Absolutely, Aaron. I have to say it was the cherry on the cake. Um, you know, having played in '95, and then you don't get over the line till whatever March 2009. Long time to be soldering to finally get to walk up the Hogan stand and, and pick up an All Ireland medal. Um, but definitely, as I said to you, we had some unbelievable days over those years. Um, but certainly that that team that won the, the All-Ireland and, and you know we beat we beat a cross McGann team that I don't think had lost uh, an Armagh or Ulster or All-Ireland final prior to that so we were going into that game um, as underdogs um, and that, that was a phenomenal team I think I, I can't remember them this that might might be wrong but I think they, they'd won 21 or something finals you know be it County Ulster or All-Ireland finals prior to that and and we turned them over. And it was, a, as, as you know, Cross McGain, you know, had had so much success at club level. The McAndies, Fancy, O'Sheen, you know, they, they were they were an unbelievable team. Um, 
And definitely, you know, when I do look back, you know, seeing Johnny McGee lift the Andy Merrigan Cup, that, that was an unbelievable um, occasion. And like that, that's a memory that, that, I'll, that I'll carry for life, you know. Um, you know, the, the, the bond that that group of players have, you know, you know, nobody can take it away from us that, you know, you went on and, 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 and replicated what the team of 95 done. Um, just unfortunate we didn't, you know, maybe put another one uh, alongside us. You know, when Saul Hill beat us, they went on and won, won the All-Ireland in, in 04. We were very close that that year. I certainly believe we got over Saul Hill that year. We, I'd like to think we, we would have uh, given a right good rap that year as well. But, um, no, absolutely. Was you know that is that was certainly the highlight of, of, of the of the club campaign. I'd like to think that you know back then I mightn't have played it. I mightn't have played as much as I would in previous years. But I certainly felt that I would have led off the field and been a big big driver in getting the club to that all Ireland final. So I may not may not have played every minute, but certainly played my part behind the scenes of getting the guys uh, to win to, to get over the line that year. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose in, in terms of continuing on the topic of Kilmacud, they obviously, they're in uh, the county semi-finals in both football and hurling. So I suppose uh, a big possibility for Kilmacud to maybe do the double in, uh, in Dublin this year. Now, the, the two semi-final draws are definitely probably on paper. The, the hardest draws, maybe some people could say they could have gotten, like going up against Kula and Hurling and Bally Bowden in, in football. How do you see both them two games going? And in particular, the football one as well, because... I suppose a huge game for for Kilmacud and Ballyboden, two teams that have been there or thereabouts in, in the Dublin Senior Football Championship over the last couple of years. Exactly. I'm not going to pretend to to know a huge amount uh, on the hurling front, Aaron. Mm. All I know of talking to guys in the club is that they they rate the team highly. Um, they've already pulled in the championship this year, uh, and from anybody that I've spoken that knows anything about hurling, they do believe that this current Kilmacud's team, the Hurling team, are very strong. Um, they certainly have aspirations of getting to a county final and certainly winning it. Um, that's as much as I can tell you. Um, I know Don, Don, Don McGovern and, and his managing team, they leave no stone unturned. Uh, the local derby against Pula, obviously we've had cool success over the last couple of years. That would certainly drive our lads on uh, to go and get, uh, get, get a win this weekend. Pula coming off the back of a good win in extra time against Bally Bowden. So it should be a home dinger, and I'm hoping that 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 Kim McCord will come out on the right side of it, and I'll have a county final to look forward to. On, on the football front, um, the, the, the semi final is going to be a mouthwatering. Um, I was at the league game down in Ballyboden, where Ballyboden were convincing winners against Croaks. Um, I know the personnel will have changed an awful lot since then, and I've, and I've watched both uh, both uh, the last round of the, the group stages. Uh, Crokes against Johns and and Ballyboden against Whitehall, and the two teams they, they were they were very um, very impressive. Crokes probably more so than than than, than Ballyboden against Whitehall, but then it just shows you Whitehall going beat Vincent's in the relegation playoff, and then last weekend, you know, Crokes beating uh, an Athena team that had beaten in the league final, uh, literally hung on at the death um, to get over the line. And then Ballyboden, they were they were very powerful um, in their display against Castleknock. Um, you know, they're, they're very big, strong, powerful team led by the two Basquells and uh, Warren Egan playing some wonderful stuff stuff as well. But it, you know, 
the Bally Bowl team is backbone by a lot of experience, like Shane Clayton, Carl Flaherty, and Simon Lamb, uh, Simo Lambert, um, Aaron Waters in the middle of the field. It's going to be a really, really close affair. Um, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I'm going to sit in the fence. It's, it's very hard with the call, Aaron. You know, Kilmacud, you know, they're a very young team. Um, Robbie Brennan, my old teammate from, from 98, you know, he has the boys in a really good space at the moment, you know. Um, they've really progressed over the last couple of years and obviously they've won the championship in 2018. A lot of those guys would, will have won a medal at that, that stage. So they have a little bit of success at, at, at county level. So they won't fear going in against uh, Bally Bowden. Um, it's too hard to call. Uh, really is. The bookies have it, I think, very close. It's, it's an even money affair. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a quality game, I suppose. Anybody out there, if you're looking for something to do, Saturday week at 7 o'clock, Parnell Park, there will be there'll be a, a serious game of football on. Um, I encourage fellas to get in, support, you know, you know uh, Bally Bowden and Crokes. Certainly, as a, as a Crokes man, I'd like to see Crokes coming out on, on the right side of it. But certainly knowing, knowing the Bally Bowden lads, uh, you know, intimately, uh, I know that they, they, they will be going to, to take down the, 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 their neighbours. Yeah, and I suppose you mentioned there, like, you can't really call it. And that's kind of how it, it is in the Dublin Senior Football Championship in general. Like, it seems, like what you said with Vincent's and Whitehall, like, a lot of people might have looked at that and thought, oh, you know, well, Vincent's have won all Ireland's in the past and won multiple county titles. Like, surely they'll pull through. But we've seen, obviously, what happened there. And then in terms of Lucan, obviously, getting past Ballymun there, like, last weekend, and they're obviously going up against St. Jude's. Like a lot of people would probably look at Jude's and probably have them as the slight favourites. But Lucan are the ones who, who went and beat the, the county champions. So it does seem that you could probably make a case for any four of them to potentially end up with the with the county championship right at the end of it. Yeah. Which one thing Arna will say? The four Southside teams. So uh, we'll, uh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be good to see the, the, the cup going back to Southside. <laughs> Not for yeah, me, yeah, unfortunately, you know. but yeah. <laughs> To be perfectly honest, like Luke and I, I suppose, are, are the surprise force of the year. Um, not too many people would have given them a, a prayer going in against that Ballymun team. Um, but, you know, in, in saying that, I, I don't think I'll be talking out of school. Ballymun, you know, flattered to the sea ball year. You know, their results in championship had, you know, had been had been pretty poor in comparison to, to last year, where they just, you know, they, they swept teams aside and, you, you know, they beat Ballymun and went nine points in county final last year. But certainly, that that certainly sent shockwaves out around the county, um, taking taking that scalp. They won't fear Jude's, but in saying that, of a of a buddy that 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 told me yesterday that I think Jude's was their ninth semi final in ten years. That is phenomenal. Um, I don't think too many people outside of, of Dublin will be aware of that of that fact. Uh, obviously led by by um, by Kev Mack. But Garrett Roach, Roachy's done an unbelievable job. I would have played against Roachy over the years, and he's done an unbelievable job. That group of players, um, they will certainly, they will relish the opportunity of of, of getting to another final and finally winning their first senior title. Um, and they won't fear. You, you can be damn sure they, they won't fear Kilmacud or their neighbours to uh, Ballyboden in a county final. Um, so that 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 listen. If you're asking to, to call a win on that one, you have to you have to go for Jude's based on the experience uh, that they've had over the last couple of years, uh, the talent that they've got, um, but they're really well organised. I, I watched them a few times during the, during the league as well. 
and they're a team that's been getting better game after game after game. And it looks as though they're just gradually, you know, peaking for the right time. And I think that that's probably something that they've learned over the years is just to, to get to, to a semi-final, get the job done and then look forward to, to a county final. Um, Luke and surprise package, I probably don't know as much about them as, as the other three teams. Um, and they also, you know, Emmett O'Connor would have been probably the, 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 their mainstay at midfield, the talisman, and, and he didn't even play the last day. So Brendan Gallagher kicked nine points in the last day. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be two interesting games. Uh, I just think the experience, the bit of guile, the know-how, um, the doggedness that, that Jews have, I, I expect them to, to shade that semi-final. The other one, too hard to call. You'd have to, you know... Sitting on the, you know, without sitting on the fence, it's still hard to call. You know, really, uh, depending on which, 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 which team shows up on the day, um, the other game is just a tricky one to call. You know, there'll be no love lost between Bowden and Croaks. You know, you look at the likes of Colin Keeney, Deco Mahoney, they know they're at the, the twilight of the career. They'd have one last crack at, at beating Kilmacud. We've had some great battles with, with, with the lads over the years. Um, Obviously, Anthony Rainbow finishing up with with uh, Bowden this year. He wants to leave on a high, going back to Kildare, um, and certainly Bally Bowden probably feel they probably left left one behind him when they were beaten by Kilku there two years ago in, in, in the All Ireland semi final up at up in Breffin Park. So it's um it's going to be a massive one. You know more than Kim McCord that that lost to Mullinocta um in in the Leinster Club final. So Aaron, it's Really, it's two massive games to look forward to. Um, you know, hand on heart. I think Jews win the first game. Um, second one, I just can't can't get off the get off the fence. I think it's going to be too too close to call. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose you mentioned Jews there. Like a, as an outsider myself, I don't really have any affiliation to any of these clubs. So I'd like to see Jews get over the line. The fact that they haven't done so before, and obviously, big Kevin McManaman fan as well. Obviously, being a a big Dublin fan growing up and, and 2011 and whatnot. So it'd be great to see uh, to see him and, and Jude's get over the line. I suppose just to finish up, like what kind of advice would you give to any young Dublin footballers coming through at the moment or I suppose any young footballers coming through any county or anything like that in terms of preparation or, or, or I suppose in terms of what you've seen anyway from being involved with a number of different development squads? Yeah, I, I suppose that like I look at my own, my own kids there. One thing I, I, I would kind of instill them, you know, be prepared for training. You know, the one thing that, that really irks me is not being prepared, you know, having to, you know, have your gear ready the night before you go out, have your gear packed, ready to go. Um, Because, like, you know, I go down and take a couple of sessions with, with, with fellas in the club and you see fellas landing, you know, I, you know, I've done a train session with a group of lads last night. It was team and rain. You know, the amount of fellas that didn't have gloves, you know, small things like that, Aaron, you know, be prepared. Most fellas know what night of the week that they're training. And, you know, you don't have the, the simple things of being prepared, having gloves in your bag. Um, you know, I suppose the pandemic has taught, taught me that, you know, gave people the opportunity to, to hone their skills. You know, you know, that's the one core thing that I'd like to, you know, I'd like to teach guys that you've got to be able to kick off left and right. You've got to be able to hand pass off left and right. And there's no excuse with all the free time that kids have you know, to get out the practice with their left and the right. If you want to, you know, play in the county football in this day and age, you know, you've got to be able to kick off left and right. You've got to be able to, you know, use your left and your right hand. So honing in on, on, on the basic skills of the game is paramount. I suppose that's the one thing, you, any bit of advice to give kids, you know, you can't be 
it can't be one-sided. If you want to, you know, be able, like you look at all the club and players come on, they put hours upon hours of time into into their, into improving their skill set. Um, you know, if they can turn off left and right, you know, if they're, you know, if they're boxed into a corner, you know, they can kick out on their less dominant foot. That, that's the one thing, you know, that, you know, something starting to help my career, you know, I, I was fortunate that I practiced to use that I could kick off left and right. And it certainly will put you in a more favorable position. You know, if a, you know, if, if a defender turns you on to your left dominant side, but if you can still stick it off your left peg, you know, you know, it gives them something to think about. Whereas, you know, any good defender, he'll have his homework done on an attacker's as well. He's, he's all right sided and you want to keep on his left. So I suppose that's a little bit of advice to give the fellas. Get out, practice, practice the basic skills, soloing left and right, kicking left and right, and hand passing off both left, left hand and right hand. And the principles, you know, the principles game don't change after that. But if you don't have the basics, you're, you're, you're on a hiding to nothing. Perfect, Ray. Well, look, listen, I appreciate your time anyway, and I appreciate you jumping on to discuss obviously your time with the Dubs and, and Kilmacud Croaks. And I suppose best of luck with uh, but whatever comes next for yourself. Brilliant, Aaron. Really appreciate the chat. Take care.